You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Always Draft Season podcast, part of the Packing Up Podcast Network. We are Stan's American Cost on this podcast, but we are not talking about actually the best players in the draft. Uh, also, we're not we're not Ken Francis, uh, for those wondering, uh, on this Friday. Uh, Mason, how are we doing? We're excited to get into the offensive tackles in our positional previews. I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm going to do this quick podcast and pretty much pack up and head home for spring break for a little bit uh got some plans back home before coming back to whitewater and doing some clinics and then actually heading back home for my brother's bachelor party and then guess what coming right back here for the start of spring balls it's gonna be a interesting little week spurt i've got going on here it's going to be fun to juggle the draft spring ball and it's like not getting too excited about some of these 2024 guys yeah. I know that the uh, scouting world was a buzz on uh, what was it Wednesday yep. uh, with Marvin Harrison Jr. running routes for Stroud. So there's always a bit of that uh, when you get into probably March and April. But we're going to go through the tackles uh, in this episode. It's been um, it's about time to get back to the yeah. positional preview stuff. So we're to that. Um, I think this is probably the place we should start. Uh, Mason, who's your tackle one at this moment? Um, I don't know if you want to put him at tackle or if you want to put him at guard, but right now I have Skaronski as my top tackle. Um, really loved him and kind of like the run game. I think he's my uh, top-rated run blocker outside of maybe one other. Um, I have just a few notes here. Uh, really, really explosive grades across the board. Uh, can play it obviously either to guard or tackle wherever you want him. Three year starter. Uh, really like like his diversity and his pass sets and everything. Um, one thing I kind of look for is like the ability to get to the second level in the run game. Uh, a lot of guys do it, but then just kind of you know don't really do the necessities to you know continue blocking downfield. Uh, I felt like Skaronski was the best there. Uh, really enjoyed his. Um, 2021 game against Michigan, I actually felt like he did better against Hutchinson than he did against Ojabo, which is uh, certainly interesting. So there could be some work to do against, like, uh, you know, more of a bull rush kind of 
don't know if it was like Ojabo's bull rush or like his spit, uh, speed around the corner or what, but it, it seemed like Skronsky kind of struggled against that. But really like him here. I think most, I mean, obviously we've talked about how these tackles might just go off the board any which way at this point, but right now Skronsky's my top one. Oh, yeah, I think a few things just to add on to that. I, I think he's the, – the vision's in, incredible. I, I think yeah. he's always peeking inside. You know, he's always got his eyes on the stunts when they're coming his way. He knows when they're coming his way. Pretty much absorbs anything that's into his chest. I think he's easily one of, if not the best, with placement in pass protection. There will be talking about a lot of guys who get their hands wide, I'm sure, in this yep. episode. Skaronsky is definitely not one of those, and he's also not really two-hand punch gang. Skaronsky yeah. stays pretty independent with his hands, and that's very good. He's he I think even for a guy with 32-inch arms, he he can combat length in pretty impressive ways. He, you know, some of the initial strikes he gets can can really widen rushes of 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 pass rushers, which is really impressive to watch. But he is also just the, the power he has, the technical like aspect of his game that, like we talk about with a lot of these probably upside guys, he has it, and he's also just incredibly balanced. You don't see him, you know, dipping his head too much at contact, right? He's not somebody who's reaching out of his frame, getting out over his skis very much. It's just everything's really compact and balanced when he's playing the position. I understand why people are like, we have to move him inside, because I do think there's some guys with length that, that can – combat his good technique and it makes it a little more difficult for him but like you said like handling Hutchinson you know he's he really pretty much aced every test this year I do think the Ojabo thing is interesting because I do feel like some of it was him maybe dipping pretty well and winning the high side really quickly which obviously you know once you watch that it gets you excited for Ojabo year two in Baltimore no doubt about it uh but yeah I, I just don't think there's anybody as as well-rounded technically is him. Uh, and like you said, he he displaces people in the run game. He is down-blocking machine, but he's got quicks, and the athleticism's yeah. there. It was very clear. Like, when, when you watch him test, you know, you're kind of like, ah, is he a good enough athlete? Yeah, he is. He And, like, he, he yeah. proved that at the combine. Definitely. That was very much a box check that that felt it felt right in place. So, I, I yeah, I'm completely in agreement. But, again, if, if teams are like, ah, we got to kick him inside, I'm like, all right, fine. No, it he'll yeah. be. I'm I'm going to probably put him on the big board. I don't know about you. In like offensive tackle, offensive guard, there's yeah. gonna be like a section where it's like I can do both of these. Whatever you prefer, fine. But he's really, really good, and, and I I completely agree. Um, no qualms for me for having him at one. Uh, do we want to just keep going right down the line? Uh, with yep. rankings or just yeah, want to go to your next guy, and uh, we'll we'll talk about him as well. Um, so I really enjoyed this watch. I was kind of like expecting like, um, cause he hasn't really started all that often. He only has 19 career starts. Uh, so I kind of thought that, you know, it's going to take a while for him to develop, develop and everything. And I don't really honestly have that whole situation punched into my scale correctly at this point, if I'm being honest, but I like to talk about that a little bit more, um, here, but we're just as of right now, I still have Roger Jones as my number two tackle. Um, Really liked him. Uh, big size, obviously, six foot five, three eleven, almost thirty-five inch arms. Um, I literally have in all caps on my notes. Get this man into space in the run game because he is just a people mover, kind of like we talked about with Skaronsky a little bit. Um, 
uh, in the wrong game, like consistent feet movement, which was what I really looked out for. Like if you stop moving your feet, you're just going to get pushed back and it's not going to do much for you. Um, he pushes the pile too. Love that. Um, for some reason, I think if I'm correct, it was Georgia Tech in Oregon. He was like out for a series or two and he was replaced by the right tackle, which we'll get to later at left tackle. So I don't know what's up with that. Um, in the past game, I have uh, like love him against stunts, good football IQ, uh, sometimes struggles against like inside moves and speed to power, uh, if I'm correct. I have his anchor kind of graded a little bit lower than kind of the rest of the class a little bit. So that's one thing to uh, look at. Um, uh, kind of back on the Skaronsky track, like if he pulls and he has to find a guy at the second level, I that he doesn't sometimes find the man and goes outside instead of inserting and finding a linebacker. Obviously, we'll learn with more experience. Um, hands, once he gets his hands on you, it's it's over. But love Skaronsky. Obviously, there's room to grow uh, wherever he goes. If it's like a zone blocking scheme, I love it. But yeah. Yeah, I think the I think there's a lot of complexity of the Broderick Jones eval uh, from my side of things really quick. Yeah, I, I think, like you said, this guy is is really just a bulldozer pretty much. I mean, yeah, we've got infrastructure problems in this country. Maybe just let Broderick Jones pave the way uh, yeah. for the future uh, in infrastructure because I think he could build it. Uh, he definitely has an athletic skill set that – goes up a, a level or two from Skaronsky. And, and that's yeah. no slight to Skaronsky, but it's just these Georgia tackles are absurd. There's going to be another one next year that we're going to be talking about. I guarantee it. And yeah, athleticism-wise, like, you know, recovery, athleticism, and pass protection, you just don't see guys be able to cover the ground that he can in such a short time when, you know, it's just when maybe things are a little bit out of sorts and you're like, ah, okay, I, you know, this guy kind of got off my frame and he's going to potentially get to Bennett, but no, I'm going to kick slide. I'm going to be able to recover. I'm going to cover all this ground. And this guy's not touching my quarterback. I think the, the issue with Jones is you mentioned it like sinking hips and anchoring. He's yeah. kind of relying on the fact that he's just bigger and more athletic than you are basically right now. And, and, and in the sec, guess what? That's, if that you can make that work in the SEC, you're probably yeah. going to be able to, you know, make that work with with some coaching up at the NFL level. So I, I definitely buy in. He's not my tackle too, but I will say like there is something to taking a player with this athletic upside who's only 21 that you just don't get to see a lot of. Like yeah. there are there are really refined, impressive tackles, and then there are guys like like Broderick Jones who have athletic upside you just don't really find so to see him be the first tackle off the board would not necessarily surprise me um it would maybe a little bit just because of what we've talked about with chicago maybe the direction they might need to go maybe the direction tennessee would maybe prefer to go but i would not have any qualms if like the raiders like you said the bears we've talked about the titans the jets like anybody goes oh yeah we're swinging at the athletic upside of this guy. Uh, one more note, the hands get a little wide and, and we yeah. kind of catching and just kind of getting around and like he's kind of scooping around his hands to like get, you know, placed with context. So I don't love the placement right now, but the fact that he is 
like we talked about, you know, being able to sustain and kind of somehow anchor with not good technique to anchor and and wide hands, like just tells yeah. you how one how strong he is, and like as much refinement as you're going to get at the NFL level, as much coaching up, like this is a perfect player for like Kansas City to develop, New England to develop, like you know, really really good offensive line coaches that can get the hands on and like you know just coach you up to the point of where you can be just a dominant force. I, he excites me. He would, he's going to concern me. I think a little bit like with things I mentioned balance a little bit as well. Gets, he gets a little bit, you know, off kilter. Sometimes he ends up on the ground a lot. Evan Neal a few times, not as much as Neil. Yeah. But I, like I said, this is, it's a complicated eval, but like early on there could be struggles, but by year three, like this is, Potentially, a guy we're talking about is like far and away tackle one, yeah. In the class like that is a well within the range of outcomes. It's not even like you know some like pipe dream of an outcome. Really, it's 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 well within the the, the I think the range of outcomes that's that's realistic. So I I really like Broderick Jones as well. Um, you want me to flip and talk tackle too? I yeah. Talk. All right, I'll, I'm going to talk Paris Johnson here. Okay. I think it, it is it is very fun to watch a guy who, you know, high recruited tackle coming out of high school, has to go play right guard uh, in 2021. I would I would say that it is not uh, his best spot. I would not be playing him at guard in the NFL. No, I'll just put it that way. Uh, you saw some of the struggles he had at guard seep into the tackle film early in 2022 as he was like getting his feet wet, making that uh, change, I guess, again, back out to the position he was more comfortable with. So a lot of like the issues you see with him with, again, another guy whose hands get wide, another guy who two hand punches, you know, he oversets, maybe makes the inside track pretty soft for, for edge rushers. It took some time. It definitely took some time, but by the time we we rolled around to important games down the stretch for Ohio State, I think maybe outside of like one bad rep against Michigan that is very ingrained into my head uh, because it yeah. was it was bad. It was a bad two hand punch and a whiff. He was, I think, the hands were were tighter. I, I thought he looked more comfortable setting in a variety of ways he loves to he loves to set wide he really likes doing that when he's on the island and that's where you know the inside move gets him but i think he was understandably you know more controlled improvement as as the year went on and you see him i think just be more fluid you know the athleticism's there we could see that if you watch the pro day at all of his just kind of ridiculous movement skills you know that's already there so, so pass protection is the one area where you have to be able to lock out. Extension needs to be there. You have to anchor. Like he's got some of the similar things that that Jones needs to work on as well. But also the recovery athleticism is excellent, and he's going to be a really good zone blocker because he's got the rare quicks out of his stance. You know, reach block second level. He's not tech. He's not really overrunning a lot of plays out there. I, I think he is very calculated and very understanding of, of where he needs to be with zone blocking when you're cutting off the backside, when there is, I got to get front side of, of this defender. I have to get outside of him, you know, or that I got to snap off my block to this, to the second level player that that's crashing, that he's 
quick with vision. He's understanding. He's processing at a high speed. I think it's all there. I would not fault the team if he's tackle one off the board. He's my second after Skaronsky, but I think he's just, for me, a tad more refined and showed it near the end of the season than Broderick Jones is. Mm -hmm. May not have quite the ceiling Broderick Jones is. I think it's yeah. maybe just slightly underneath, but I think right now you look at how good the athletic process is and how much improved he is with technique, and that's why he sits for me at two. Is Broderick your three then? He is. Yeah. Okay, so I literally have it by like 0.25 difference, it's, if that tells you anything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of had a lot of the same uh, kind of notes. Uh, obviously, Uber Athletic anchors a little bit of a struggle. Uh, hand placement's kind of – just the striking's kind of weird to me. Uh, I felt like he had like a really like nasty mean streak that he could get into at times. And he like – you know, he wasn't afraid to let you know about it too. I saw a timer – two or three where he's in the defender's face and everything after knocking him to the ground and everything. So I'm a big fan of Paris Johnson as well. Uh, number four now. Yeah. Hit it. Hit number I four. feel like this is going to be a little bit of an interesting one for me. Um, I kind of have these next like six and just kind of one big tier at this point, which I feel like a lot of people probably will. Um, number four for me is Matt Bergeron from Syracuse. Um, I, one of the latest ones I just watched. Um, really like him in the run game, obviously, just leading the way for Sean Tucker. Uh, we talked about it already. Like, a lot of these guys are going to have some weird hand placement, like punch. feel like it's a little bit kind of outside, kind of a little bit high, like on the shoulder pads as well for Bergeron from time to time. Uh, front works really good. I like him kind of just moving up to the second level. I like to call him, like, kind of Mr. Consistency a little bit because he doesn't necessarily do anything kind of wrong. But he also kind of doesn't do necessarily do anything, you know, super well. He has really good athleticism to me, and I saw on tape, kind of getting out in space. I would uh, kind of similar, like Skaronsky, kind of the opposite. Um, once he got to the second level, I felt like he was kind of searching a little bit at times and not finding a guy. Uh, in the passing game, I felt like he really struggled against, like, power rushers. Uh, kind of similar to Paris Johnson, like the anchor isn't all that there. Uh, I've also felt like when he was looking for work and he didn't necessarily have a uh, guy that he was immediately blocking, he sometimes literally, like, if he stayed there for, like, a split second longer, he could see that the uh, defensive tackle was splitting off the guard. It ended up resulting in a sack instead of him kind of turning around and helping out on the tight end on, like, a wide nine or something. But obviously, really, like, Matt Bergeron would not be too surprised, honestly, if he, uh, you know, got his way into the first round, potentially like a Philadelphia and Kansas City. We've mentioned those two spots for literally almost every position, it seems like, at this point, but those last two spots. But really like Matthew Bergeron, and he's that's kind of why he's my number four right now. I think Mr. Consistency is a really good, a really good way to describe him. I, I think the sets are really – really controlled but also urgent at yeah. the same time and i think he does a great job balancing that out uh i do think like you said there, there's some power and length that gave him some trouble foskey got yeah. him a few times uh murphy got him a few times but i agree when you're asking him like do those half pulls short pulls and he's trying to find like it, when he's sometimes you know getting between the center and the guard or wherever it may be like he looks very smooth there Athletically, I remember seeing a rep. I don't remember who it was against. It might have been Notre Dame. 
where he like he's pulling and like guys just falling around him and he's like yeah. ah i'll just leap this dude no problem get to my guy like it just looked like yeah it just looked like ah the chaos that's nah, fine it's it's every day i can handle this like he does seem to be that type of player i do think for me he's not my four but he is somebody that i'm i'm kind of surprised that we're there's a few names I think that are getting some hype over him that we're probably going to talk about soon that I'm not yeah. sure why, at least at the moment. So I feel like, yeah, Bergeron to me, uh, that's the other thing that you mentioned, right? It was like when he's got no one in front of him. Yeah. He sometimes is like very much late to the party. Yeah. When it's like, oh, I don't see this until the last second. So I'd love to make sure we we get the wide scope of, of, of seeing the field and seeing you know, guys around him. Whereas, you know, Skaronsky's got that locked down. He see I don't know how he sees everything he hit he he can. And like he's got, I think, maybe like owl vision. Bergeron needs to widen his 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 vision. I think he gets a little bit too caught up of being in a in a vision cone sometimes. Yeah. So I do I do think that is definitely there. But yeah, a player who I think another guy who can kind of uproot dudes and isn't afraid to do so and and he he really like made the NC State line look small yeah. when they played him. Holy oh, yeah. cow! He's just he's he's crushing dudes off the line. Like I, I was impressed. Definitely, I think he is. He is he is sixth for me, but six yeah. and five are almost identical, uh, for me. But yeah, I, I I quite like him. I think he should be going top fifty. Uh, there there are going to be a lot of teams that that need help, and and Bergeron should be high on their list. My number you, four, I can do number four. Or do you want to, I just had a question real quick. Do you, yeah. there's a lot of talk about guard as well. Do you see that? Or you strictly want him at tackle? Does he handle enough power? Can he do it on the yeah, interior? That, that's, that's my question. Can he handle the 300, 310? Maybe he can. And then there's no problem, but like, uh, he thinks his hips. Okay. Maybe, maybe, yeah. If, if if they do if if a team does that, I'll probably circle back to the film and see if there's like elements of where okay, how's he line up against guys like like Torrance and others who you know are are probably going to see every snap of their career at guard like Avila, like other guys like that. I may circle back if some if if a team does mention that like during the summer. Yeah. Um. For me at four. Man, this dude just took every punch basically in the face and was like, "Now nah, we're I can handle it." Like championship boxer level ability in the SEC. Uh, Darnell Wright, man, there's a reason the talk is ramped up. It looks really good. Like vertical sets, he looks just super comfortable. Um, my man can snatch at will. He 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 wants to get people on the ground. I do think maybe people did not. I don't know if it was their first exposure to him was at the senior bowl. Yeah. Or it was like a little bit shaky, a little bit of a shaky week for him. And it was like, ah, that's, that's not great to see. But like, once you get back to the film, you see him. Let's see. Let's put the list out there. Uh, Will Anderson, BJ Ojolari, uh had some reps against Carter. Carter did rush out there uh, in that Georgia game. Brian Brzee in the bowl game. So he's handling all these guys who like, and, and Let's not put let's put this out there. Like Jalen Carter and Brzee both have won reps rushing for like five technique. Like they can do that. They're that talented. 
and just Darnell Wright just lines him up and knocks him down. Uh, he is really just a player that I, again, when you, you're talking about guys flipping, I don't think you need to just let him play right tackle. He looks good there, but I do think right now, right is again. I think the hand place was good. I think he he can control with that inside arm. Nobody's really beating him inside that much. Uh, like I said, the vertical sets are really good. He's not like crossing his feet. He's not getting outside of his skis. He's not getting off balance. Uh, would like to see a little bit more variance, but again, that was the Tennessee offense. It was like, okay, yeah, don't let dudes beat. Don't let dudes get around you because, you know, we've got three guys in the middle. We can we can handle guys up front. We need to build the pocket the way we can for Hooker to throw deep balls. That was the offense. Uh, there wasn't a lot of run game. Yeah, I wasn't really impressed with right in the run game. I think he's getting. I think he's getting way outside of himself. Yep. Uh, and like he is falling over. It, it's it's not good. But for me, uh, the pass protection skills that he has already, the 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 ability to handle different body types on the edge for me, makes that pass protection floor grade so good that he is passing some other dudes for me because it's just it looks really easy at times. And like again, he made Will Anderson's life miserable in in the Bama game. Brzee got him a few times with length. That is a question mark for sure. But there aren't going to be a lot of Brian Brzee's rushing necessarily on the yeah. edge. Uh, but for a team that is, you know, play action, pass happy, you know, we're, you know, we can run it, but we need you to protect our quarterback. I, I think you draft him. I, I don't think you you have too much hesitation. This could be the yeah. other thing where it's, you know, we're talking about Darnell Wright in the same vein of like a cross and an Abe Lucas where it's like, oh, you know, his run game stuff isn't very good. Uh, they were pretty much asking him to be on an island as much as he could, and he survived the test. Let's get him in a room, and let's let's work on the run game technique. And I think we'll be okay. I think just because, you know, we didn't see it a lot and it wasn't good doesn't mean it can't be coached up. Yeah. He's handling top edge rushers. That's what you got to be able to do. Uh, for me, um, I'm kind of switching some stuff around a little bit, just more I think about it and everything. Um, so he comes in for me at, uh, it's going to be, math is really hard. Hold on. Uh, it's going to be number five. Okay. So, okay. no, it's six, my bad. Um, so I obviously like all the pass blocking stuff you've already noted on it. Like love it, love the snatch. Cause he just throws people once he gets them into their, into his grasp. Um, obviously he's got. Uh, a lot of experience, three years at right tackle, one at left. Uh, I agree with Jake that he should probably stay at right tackle. So there's a lot of teams that kind of need that right tackle unless you're like a Tampa Bay. Maybe you just move Worfs over. Maybe you put, you know, Darnell Wright at uh, right tackle. Keep him there. Um, completely 100% agree on the run blocking thing. Like you just mentioned, though, with Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, like just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't there, which I think – Last year, I was not a big fan of Charles Cross. Obviously, that's probably come back to bite me a little bit just because, you know, it wasn't there. So I kind of just, you know, didn't grade it as well. Um, kind of improving that grade a little bit this year just to see. Uh, I think he could do okay. But just like you said, the balance issues, it's 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 rough. Like, I think I noted, like, so many times, like, just falls over. Like, um, almost completely whiffing on the defender he's trying to block. 
Um, if he could let, like bend a little bit more, I feel like he could do a little bit better, like lower his pad level and everything. But I uh, also feel like the footwork in the run game, uh, obviously pass game is really good. Uh, but the run game, I feel like he kind of just stops. Um, just Whereas if he would just keep moving and just move, 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 he could, you know, improve the yardage gained by himself alone just because he's so big. Um, but obviously, like Darnell Wright, obviously I have him a little bit lower than Jake does, but I, I completely understand this whole entire aspect of pass blocking, pass blocking, pass blocking, because that's what you need right now. I feel like maybe he's just thinking he can throw his big body at dudes. Yeah. And he's just like, I'll clear him out. Ah, we're fine. Like uh, technique. What's that? Uh, yeah. And that's kind of like maybe what the plan is. Uh, we got it. Yeah. We got to get that. I love it. With coaching, yeah. I feel like he's going to do great. But like just the scheme of Tennessee is just so like non run heavy at all. So it's just a little bit concerning right now. Um, we're both yeah. at five now, correct? Yeah. One one quick thing. You mentioned Tampa Bay. I think that's a great idea. Uh, if they want to move Worfs over to left, he played. He's played fine at left. He did so at Iowa. But we've mentioned it before. Like Jets to protect Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure if I'd want anybody else. Yeah. Uh, maybe Skaronsky. But like, it it perfectly fits there if you believe in 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 what you have in Beckton at the left side. So we got a five. Yeah. Uh, number five, I've got uh, the big man himself, DeWan Jones. Obviously, understand, like, you know, he's a little bit raw, obviously, but just seeing him, it's like the complete opposite of Darnell Wright almost. Like, the run game is almost his specialty. Uh, very powerful. Um, he could pummel people with ease in the run game is what I have. Doesn't necessarily get off the ball the quickest. Um, but um, it's – I don't know. It's just the sheer size and length allows him to like cap off defenders in the run game. Uh, love seeing him on the backside cutback uh, for plays running up on plays for the running back that rely on him, and he can make those big gaping holes in the run game. Um, I've said it so many times. Like, seems like Scarrance is almost like the only one that you know can find people at the second level of the defense because Dewan Jones needs some work at that. I uh, feel like his. Um, hands are a little bit inconsistent. Would like to see him get them a little bit lower because it feels like he's almost reaching towards their the, the defender's face a little bit at times. Um, would like to see that kid a little bit worked on. Um, he almost looks heavy-footed to me. Not sure if it's just because of the weight, obviously. Um, I don't know if, what teams want him to lose weight or what. Uh, feet sometimes don't move on contact with the defender, obviously, so he doesn't get the most out of the rep that he can. Uh, anchor obviously stout uh, still would like him at right tackle most likely um, some balance issues in there as well but obviously Darnell Wright's a massive human being uh, so I feel like that's going to work to his advantage and with coaching just be like we said about Darnell Wright I feel like these two are kind of interchangeable a little bit for me um, but yeah that's pretty much all I have on Devon Jones I feel like it's kind of almost almost as if it's like a simple evaluation for me He's just he's just bigger, yes, and that is a problem for yeah for anybody. Uh, yeah, I don't, the heavy footed stuff. It does seem that way, like especially when he's like like you said in the run game, it looks very. I don't know, aesthetically, I don't love it, but like it it can work. Like again, if he gets hands on you in the run game, like second level, whatever, 
either a you're flying like five yards yeah uh, <laughs> yeah or you're not moving like it's one yeah. of the two uh do you see him cross his feet at all when he's trying to get in vertical sets when he's trying to get guys beat him like yeah around the edge like he almost turns and yeah. runs so like uh that inside hand better be like really good because if yeah. you're just like up and turning and running on the vertical sets yikes i do yeah. think do you think he's 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 like his stride is wide like he's getting the feet wide and then we're yeah. like slowing down the the sets themselves and he's got to be able to stay more within himself when he's doing that and that's maybe why we're getting these like oh my gosh I have to run to catch you yeah or because I do think there are times he's getting kind of wide and that's something that like oh super fine when you're like anchoring and it's like hunker down okay fine whatever you need to do because you're big and tall like I get the leverage thing is a, is maybe a little more difficult for you although you have like you know I don't know, redwood trees attached yeah. to your shoulders basically like yeah. uh but I do think like it looks he he can be. It's I don't know. Is he the Darnell Washington of tackles where it's like yeah. sometimes it looks we're good, like the footwork, the quicks, it looks better. And then times it just looks clunky. And it's like, OK, well. Hmm, I don't I I struggle with it a little bit, but like, again, like he is it's it's smoother, it's clunky, but like also he just absolutely can finish you and like. He doesn't even have to almost he doesn't almost have to vertical set sometimes when dudes are trying to rush high side because he can't get his arms out there so dang far yeah. and like stop your rush. So you're never gonna run through him unless you catch him off guard. Like you're never gonna run through him really. And it's it's very fun to watch Paris Johnson and then also watch Dewan Jones and like the oh, same yeah. thing. It's very contrasting, but I do agree, like Again, when he, when he's controlled and when the strides aren't wide and when he doesn't feel clunky, like he becomes very dangerous in both phases. The foot quickness got better. He looked yeah. he looked very stiff and and just the flexibility wasn't there. You feel like okay, quickness wise, like I can't do this from twenty twenty one at least. And you're like, oh yeah. wow, this is you know good thing he didn't come out as a redshirt sophomore like we need a you know year or two maybe of work and it's like okay well maybe we've kind of figured things out like you know Foskey kind of caught the worst of it in, yeah. in mobile um another dude who can snatch you so like yeah i i i'm a big fan i think he again is another guy not even going to try and bother flipping him no. Uh to left tackle can't do that. Like we cannot go through the footwork stuff again. We can't go through all that again. Like just let him thrive where he needs to thrive. He's 7 for me, but I again, like you said, there is I, I think for me the top it's Skaronsky for me than the than the other two. Yep. I think writes in kind of a little bit of a separate tier in his own and then you have like a little bit of a bunch of three. Uh but I do Again, another guy like like Bergeron, where I'm like, guy, this this guy shouldn't be leaving round two necessarily. So, yeah. Oh, uh, for me, really quick before we take a break, we'll get to my five. I I quite like Anton Harrison. I think there's the issue with me with Anton Harrison is there's not a lot to look at in terms of true sets because Oklahoma's offense 
is the classic like, all right, we got about one and a half to two and a half seconds. This ball is coming out or we're yeah. running. And but I will say there's a few things that that are impressive and exciting to me that I think are, are worth a, a developmental look. I, I think not a lot of guys stay active with their hands and Anton Harrison stays active. Yeah. And I think sometimes when he gets caught getting wide, you see him reset, you see him fight for leverage, fight for positioning. Whereas a lot of guys are like, ah, my hands are wide. I guess I got to hang on. And Anton Harrison's like, no, I'm not doing that. Like I'm, I'm big enough. I can, I, I can be quick. I can do that. Uh, pretty good firing off the ball. When he's firing off the ball, I don't want to be on the receiving end of what's coming uh, because there are guys he can just toss to the side. I think the foot quickness and explosion is there. But again, there's just it's it's another player where you're like, I'm in an offense where we're just not seeing everything that we need to see. And it makes me want to get to a few more games, see if there's anything yeah. else with like, okay, can we get different sets? Are we going to vary up, you know, maybe vary up your footwork, you know, to get, but like, he is very much like, all right, I'm going wide or I'm going vertical. I, I want to see more in terms of the vertical sets as well. Like some of them look really good. Some of them, he feels like, you know, I'm doing this for the first time, but I think there's encouraging things with his hands and with the athleticism that makes me more intrigued a little bit than maybe the other two at the moment. But again, it's, it's very close, but I, I like what I see. There's a lot of encouraging things with him. Yeah. Um, for me, I uh, I am. Am I good? Yeah, you're. Okay. Uh, for me, I have him at eight. Um, I just felt like I don't know. I felt like the technique was off at times. Like I understand like why. Um, obviously because he's at Oklahoma. Uh, one thing I noticed was like he got a lot of talk at like combine interviews, saying was some saying he's like the best tackle in class and everything. That's always good to hear from your opponents. Uh, I felt like he could pay lanes in the run game by cutting off defenders. Um, no, all 22 s- sucks because you can't really see like everything, but you could see that like pass blocking was great in the YouTube cutups. Just the strength was really concerning for me at least, but uh, we can get back to him a little bit after our break. Yeah, really quick. Yeah. And Odika Izama saying like, ah, this dude's really good when you're like, he's one of maybe the guy who's got a lot in the toolbox is definitely a good thing to hear. But yeah, we'll talk about Harrison and a few other guys uh, after the break here. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited. 
about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, back here talking second half bit of these these tackles in the 2023 NFL draft. Briefly mentioned, I don't know if Mason, if there's anything else you want to talk about Harrison wise. I think we've pretty much kind of covered it. Uh, you have him. You said at eight, correct? Right. Okay. There's, so, there's literally like one guy we haven't mentioned that I think we're both kind of big fans of, but we're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting a little bit just to kind of find that right spot for him. Which, you know, I feel like that's kind of seven, eight range. Like I have him. I think you have probably might have him that range as well. But um, we Harrison, we shall see. Harrison is kind of a little bit confusing to me right now. Um, I see what's there. Um, I personally don't think he's a first-round caliber prospect at this point. I know there was a lot of talk earlier in the cycle. I know Tampa Bay's kind of been a little bit of a, a lot of a landing spot. Obviously, they need a left tackle and everything, depending on what they want to do with Worfs, but. I get the hype a little bit. Uh, pass blocking is really good. I feel like he's a good run blocker at times. The power is just sometimes not there, like the strength and everything. Um, yeah, that's kind of all I have didn't really mention in the previous would, part. Would you say he's Mr. Inconsistent? Yes. Is maybe the best way to describe it, I'd say. Maybe. Yeah. Antithesis of what Bergeron is. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, so, okay. So we've done top five. I've got Bergeron at six. Who is at six for you? It was Darnell Wright. Okay, right. So you have okay. So you have Wright at six. I have Dewan at seven. Who is your guy at seven then? Seven for me is Blake Freeland. Um, for okay. some reason over the past like few weeks, I've been calling him Brady Christensen because you know BYU tackle, and I still feel like I'm stuck from a year or two ago. Um. Obviously, like, I've been on the train. I think I mentioned him, like, even in early summer as, like, a guy I liked. Um, the run game is just – he's a mauler. Obviously, he's huge. He's, like, almost – he's almost 6'8", 302, 34-inch arm, almost 10-inch hand. Obviously, dominated the combine, 988 RIS. Um, I really feel like his football IQ is just tremendous. Like the stunts and everything, just seeing where everyone's going. If a guy comes inside, guess what? There's going to be a guy coming outside. So I might as well just sit here and wait for him instead of chasing your your original guy. Um, I feel like his pass set is kind of slow, like eerily slow. And it almost like puts him into, I mean, it can help him, but yet hurt him. Um, Obviously, if you're too slow, you get kind of beat around the edge and everything. Um, another thing I've written down is like being so tall as Ben isn't great. Um, he carries some good balance surprisingly to me. Um, I felt like his grip strength was just tremendous as well. I like, uh, Blake Freeland almost called him Brady Christensen there. Um, as like around, around two, around three guy. Um, obviously I, I messaged you and I'm like, this tackle class is like absolutely absurd of just like the guys that you want. Do you want a developmental guy? Do you want a starter at right or left? potentially guy you can start a guard immediately or transition him to tackle. Like it's, it's all there in this class. Yeah. Blake Freeland. Um, a little less impressed than I expected to be. 
Uh, maybe that's a part of it was the preseason hype. We got very excited about him. Uh, but I do think, yeah, I think there's, I think you, you mentioned it well in pass protection here. He just, there are a few things that yeah. are giving me Spencer Brown vibes. Oh yeah. I can um, see we're like, ah, tested really well. Like that's, that's good. I'm glad that he did that. But I do think, yeah, the, the sets get a little clunky. He is beaten inside. And sometimes he gets stuck. And, and when he, he gets stuck at contact point, that's where these losses come from. And it's like, I don't know which games you watched, Mason, but I did um, Baylor, Oregon, and Notre Dame. I think I did Oregon and Notre Dame. I'm not sure about the third one. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, there are some – it just – it's it's – got to keep those feet moving can't yeah. get stuck when you get stuck it's great if you're relying on hands i think the grip strength yeah. gives him like you said some help in that area but against guys who are going to be more active and guys who aren't you know going to get shut down by that initial like uh, the initial stopping power of him are going to be able to to work around him because yeah just the feet get stuck and then he, he gets kind of he, he dips there's some there's yeah. some head dip in there as well yep where I'm just like, okay, we gotta we gotta iron some stuff out, and that's where I think the Spencer Brown stuff comes in for me. I think there's just stuff we gotta iron out. Yeah, like you said, the I, run game's good. It's it's hard for him. He's so tall, like you know, like Dewan Jones. It's harder for these guys to to anchor. Like you said, with have good knee bend, right? Dewan Jones gets a little bit more of a pass because Dewan Jones is a brick house, right? Freeland's not that big as, as he's. What, maybe six Dewan Jones got 55 on him, something like that. Yeah, I think Freeland's like Freeland's not he overly measured big either, right? Like yeah, so yeah, he's 30, yeah, 302 through something like like Dewan Jones, like 60. So, like, yeah, it's it's a big difference when you have you know that kind of size and, and frame to fall back on a little bit more. And so, like, for me, Freeland just has pass protection stuff to clean up, and I think. When you see it against, you know, the I think probably the top three teams they played this year, I think it's a good little measuring stick for it's like, okay, we gotta we gotta work on a few things next level. So for me, he's coming in at, at nine, not seven or not eight, sorry. Uh but I do think again, athletically, like you said, run game looks good. I do agree. I think he is a very smart, smart player. It's just Got to keep just those few things that that need yeah. that I'm gonna like be hyper focused on. That I'm like, all right, we need to just we got to make sure we're we're here. I'm not sure. If, to me, it feels like starting day one, yeah, is a little bit outside the cards. Uh, yeah, but swing tackle to start, Completely let him grow into what I think we both believe he can be. And, you know, like you said, day two, though, I still think I'm not slipping him out of day two. There's there's too much to work with there um, in, in the realm of a lot of these guys. I think there's one other guy we're going to talk about that I think has plenty to work with that you're going to be taking on day two as well. But, yeah, maybe a little bit underwhelmed, but I'm I'm definitely like not like off the board per se with him. But those are just a few things that you yeah. know, went through the games this week and was kind of like, all right, this is top competition. We got to, you know, snap to snap. We got to be very much on it in terms of like, okay, this is, you know, 
you're not going to get guys who are just, you know, going to absorb your rush right away. Like that, they're not going to stick there. You got to continue to adapt and maybe being more adaptable is where I think Freeland can, can really unlock what's, what's in store for him. One thing I'll just point out about the whole entire foot moving thing. Like we, I've seen it firsthand, like in our games, like if our, like if it's a receiver and he's, there's like a bubble screen. Like if you don't move your feet as like that number one receiver, when you're trying to block for your number two and he's coming out in the bubble, like if you don't move your feet, but yeah, you still have like the block and you're like, you know, throwing him to the ground and everything, they're going to call holding too more often than not, which that happens at tackle spot too, guard everything. So if you don't move your feet, you're risking not only like your chance to get beat and like lose balance and everything sometimes, but like you're probably going to get called for holding more often than not as well. Yeah, I think it's sometimes harder for tackles to like transition from the point of where like when you're on the move and you're looking to sustain your block and it's like, ah, the feet's moving. Like, look at how good we're latching on and we're driving these guys. And it's like in pass protection, you just don't think about it that way necessarily, where it's like, I want to move and stick with this guy. It's like, all right, I've got him here. Do I need to move? Like, and, and some guys get kind of stuck on that where, you know, you get guys like, why some of these guys are tops in the class and, and Johnson and Jones who are consistently moving, right? They're not getting stuck at all. They know that like all the counters are coming, like, you know, they're, they're ready. And Freeland needs to just, again, yeah, be more adaptable at, at, I think at contact point and, and beyond when the counters begin. So, um, I will guess, uh, let's see. So we're at, we're at eight. Yes. And you had, you put Harrison there. Correct. Um yeah, I, I don't think there's another player I would put here other than Jalen Duncan. I think there are a few others that excite me maybe as we creep towards day three. But yep. Jalen Duncan to me is again in this same vein of like, all right, let's figure out, you know, knee bend, anchor, hands. We figure that all out. We get that all into, you know, the triangle of anchoring and the triangle of like, you know, where we need to be at contact point and sustaining uh, and pass protection. Then we're golden because there are just not many players who move like him other than like the, you know, two of the top three that we mentioned in this class. So he did a huge thing for his stock because I think, a lot of people from this past season, you know, he he got hype like Freeland did. Duncan oh, yeah. got a lot of hype in the summer. And I think most people from the season, if you're going to like, all right, what reps do I remember from Jalen Duncan? If if you're just going off of what you remember from the season, it's probably the Ohio State game. It's probably those last two plays against Zach Harrison getting beat. Promise there's it's not all that. It isn't all getting beat, but it's very clear that hand placement must get better anchoring and hunkering down must get better but like when you're talking about zone blocking when you're talking about pulling when you're talking about space blocking we're talking about these similar things to like a broderick jones just a step down maybe or a couple depending on on how high you view broderick jones but i do think jalen duncan took the big step at the senior bowl it looked a lot better it was clear that he was taking to coaching down there and and understanding okay this is where I got to have my hands. This is where I got to have my feet. I got to be able to bend in the right spot, not not waist bending, right? Some of these guys coming out, you know, that's what happens. Once you dip your head, you're dipping your waist, and then we're all out of sorts. 
He's taking coaching the right way. That's a huge thing for, for me. And I'm sure for you, Mason as well. And that's why I think like, you know, when you're into this end of top 10 here, like who do I trust to develop? It's like, it's probably, it's Duncan and Freeland right now. Yeah. I I completely agree with that. Like everything you said, like the balance, the anchor, the hands, like those are my lowest grades as well. Um, I felt like sometimes like he got beat a few times on, it was the Ohio state game where he just kind of got, you know, a little bit manhandled a little bit, but completely understand like why these two like Duncan and Freeland are the two developmental ones. Um, They've got the size, they've got the athleticism. Um, Teaching them is just all you need to do. Um, Obviously there's, some good old line coaches around the league. I know Green Bay likes to develop offensive linemen a lot. Maybe one of these two end up in Green Bay. Um, I have Duncan outside the top 10 just by like literally a hair. Um, I have two guys ahead. Um, do you just want me to say one of them or two of both of them yeah. just now? Yeah. Um, so at nine, I have a guy that Jake has graded on the interior. I have Cody Mock there um, from North Dakota State. Again, another guy that we didn't have much all 22 of. So it was a little bit difficult to grade a little bit. Um, for Mock, it's similar, like hand placement, footwork, anchor. Still a struggle for them. Uh, I feel like the athleticism's there. Um, can find my notes real quick. Where is it at? Uh, obviously, loads of experience. Uh, you take one look at him. Football guy, long hair, missing teeth, all that nonsense. Um, seems to struggle a lot against power rushers from what I saw just in everything. I don't know if that's a good thing for the interior for me. Uh, I like his feet, quick feet, um, big on him in the run game baller, sometimes uncontrollable, which could be both a good and a bad thing. Um, climbs to the second level. He's maybe the second best guy in the class outside of Skaronsky. Um, I like Cody Mock. Not sure if he's a tackle or guard. Um, there was some first round hype a little bit through the process, cooled down and kind of, it's been off and on kind of hot and cold as the process went on where people think he's going to go. Uh, maybe that late day two, early day three range for me at this point. Yeah. The mock conversation is, is, is a very fun one to have, because like you said, if the power rushers get hands on and they're in tight and they've established early leverage in the rep, it's, uh, it's hang on. <laughs> Yeah, is uh can can I hang on long enough? Maybe it is center for him. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a tough to figure out where he's going to land. And he got some center reps down in Mobile, and that's where you know maybe it's like okay, like as good as you are as a, as an athlete, as a space mover, as, as you mentioned, Mason, second level, like maybe it is center. I I I don't know what the plan is going to be for teams. Uh, yeah. I think whatever team selects him might be a little more indicative of, of what, what they see and what the NFL sees. I I'm going to stick him on the interior just cause I think, yeah. I think Nagy's got a good handle on things, but, but he did play tackle and that's, that's the important thing I think to note in college is he did play tackle and teams love tackler that. tackler. Like, yeah, the versatility is a, a big deal. No, yeah, no doubt. Like playing tackle, like, the film I had on him was that, that I could find from like all 22 is last year. Right. You know, if you got some on Watson, you could see some, some there, but like the ability to play multiple positions is a big deal. Uh, when teams have to adjust mid season, uh, we got to find five that we can trust in different spots. Like he's going to help you there. It's just, where do you play him? 
Honestly, center. the more you talk about him, the more the tackle might be better than guard, but center might be better than tackle. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's going to be. It's interesting. Yeah, it is. It is a very fun conversation. One of the more interesting guys. Like I said, Nagy's got a good handle on things. I think of where guys, you know, are, are going to shift to play a lot of the time. And to see him do that, move into guard, move into centers, both guard spots, you know, a little reminiscent maybe of, you know, Zion Johnson getting some at center. Miner's got a, a lot of reps at, at all three spots when he was down there. So, like, I, I think that was kind of addictive for where the NFL season, but again, grading him as a tackle, I can't fault because I do think yeah, there's things that are going to work well at, at tackle. But then there's also things where you're like, I see guard, but then there's things where I don't see it there. Yeah. And then there's things where you see center. So there's like, got to find the spot. We want to find the best spot. I don't know what it is, to be honest. Uh, maybe Hopefully an NFL team does, because it'll be yeah. cool to have to have a guy like Mock playing well in the league. Yeah. Um, Where'd it go from here? Maybe a little best of the rest. I could, rounding out my top 10 is, uh, I have uh, Galvin and Steen both in there. Ojukwu and Morris are our other interesting players. I don't know if we want to talk about any of those specifically. Uh, to me, Steen is another player that it's like, okay, where are we viewing him? Because yeah. he played tackle. You know, I thought a lot of the senior bowl drills were good. Didn't seem to uh, have a whole lot of like, I'm uncomfortable. I shouldn't be here. Yeah moments at tackle that really wasn't there obviously he's still another inconsistent player yeah oh the yeah position. um and i think that that for me eight's like the cutoff where it's like okay you know maybe nine because i think galvin's a really good pass protector but he's another one of those guys who's almost one phase where you know pass blocking reps look great i don't think he allowed a sack no 410 attempts, I think, and he didn't allow one last year, if I remember correctly. I don't know if I said Galvin has seen the right order, but that is the order for me. So, like, Galvin is very much the one phase. Maybe it's the A. Lucas of the class again, perhaps. Uh, but, yeah, Steen is an interesting one because, like, like it's been mentioned, like, maybe he's moving inside as well. But, again, he's also – what's what's the – I got to check his – size because isn't he he's still i mean he's 321 so it's yeah that's doable yeah he might be the the interior guy and actually move there and it might work out okay i i i had him graded at 10 just okay. like you so like i i just wrote down like loads of starting experience obviously yeah, it was at vanderbilt before alabama came in and started at left tackle right away Again, I said, like, super inconsistent because I watched, like, two or three, and he was just, like, hot and cold. Um, I continuously just said, like, hot and cold, like, put it all together and we'll see. But, like, I also put, like, transition to guard and then a question mark after that. So I feel like we're kind of in the same boat here with Tyler Steen. Yeah. Very uh, – it, it gets it gets dicey. There's It gets dicey this at this point. Like yeah. – like you said, he's got a lot of starting experience. Ojuku's got like 3,500-plus snaps yeah. at Boise State. Hayes has a lot of experience at Michigan. Like There are a lot of these guys with 
a lot of experience, but you're like, mm, I don't know. I don't know where to, where to kind of feel on this. Awanya Morris, another guy who I think can get exciting at times, and then there are other points where you're like, ah. Yeah. And and that was, I think, very reminiscent in, in Mobile as well. You had those moments where he's like locking out, like, and he's shuffling and like everything looks in sync. And then there are moments where I think he gets surprised and like yeah. the recovery ability, like trying to be adaptable, trying to, like I said, recover is just off. And he just can never quite get back to like homeostasis, as it were, like when he's when he's working really well, like again, he is, he is hot and cold as well. Like he, it may just be getting quicker out of the blocks. Yeah. He just isn't, isn't quite like that. And like that gets him into trouble where like, if he's, if he's not quick out of the block and the other guy's not quick out of the block, we're good. Cause we're mirrored and we're in sync. And like, I can get hands on, but like some guys on mobile beat him to the corner. And if you could beat to the corner a lot, that's, I mean, yeah, Morris and Steen kind of in the same boat. Ajuku struggles with power. I don't know if you got to Ajuku or not. I did not know. Power gives him a problem. Uh, yeah. If he can get like the first punch and kind of swat you away, his footwork is good and the recovery is is good. Like he can do that. But like if if, if another guy where it's like ah like mock, it's like ah if he if he's inside your pads, like you're... yeah. Find a way. Um, anybody else we want to cover here? Uh, the last one I have great, fully graded is Warren McLennan, who's the right tackle for Georgia. Um, obviously, experienced at right tackle. Uh, he was the one that took over for left tackle for that series or two that I was talking about earlier with Broderick Jones. Uh, definitely struggled in that limited action at left tackle to me. Um, not as athletic as Jones, obviously. Uh, I don't think he completed enough to get an RAS score, if I'm correct. I can check um, for you while you're. I I had him great as like a really good like pass blocker, but like in the run game, I just did not see it. Like cutoff blocks don't work for him. I've said that like a lot of times the man he's you know tasked with blocking like makes the tackle. Um, feel like he has good grip strength and like he has a good anchor. Um, similar to like what you said about Freeland, like I feel like he almost has his head down. Uh, but like the balance is off in the run game. Um, decent ability to move to the second level, but like outside of that, like I feel like the run game is really concerning. Uh, another like hot and cold player. Um, hand placement's a concern. Power is a concern. Balance is obviously a concern because it feels like he's got his head down a lot. The footwork was inconsistent for me. Um, obviously, a strictly right tackle prospect, but that's pretty much all I have on him. He looks stiff in Mobile. Um. He's not as stiff on, on film at Georgia. I don't know why that was the case, but like, I don't know. Mobile stuff looked really stiff, but yeah, another player like I think is very mixed. Some people are like, ah, is this another Jamari Sawyer in the class? I wouldn't go that far. Uh, but I think Georgia experience at tackle. Yeah. It's always a good thing. Always worth looking into. I think, I think we've, we're, we're pretty much on that train. We're like, ah, if you got some, if you got experience and you've you've played multiple positions, you know, at Georgia, yeah. I feel I feel comfortable on day three giving you giving oh, you yeah. a, a chance. Do we have like you said, we don't have RAS numbers. I'm trying to find it. Because I'm another this is another one. I'm like, okay, can he move inside? But I don't know. He doesn't look big, he doesn't look big enough. 
No. To do that. I, don't think, I think he might have done like agility oh, potentially or like explosive grades, but I I don't. Last I looked, like the grade wasn't fu- fully filled out. Okay, I want to I want to make sure we get his because I want to just check on him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely doesn't have a full card. Oh no, he didn't even do explosions. Wow. Okay, this is just. 34 and a half arm length. That's yep. good. Take the swing. Take the swing, people. Yeah. Hand size 10 inches. Yeah, just take the swing. Yeah, yeah he's 306. That's not going to get done. Yeah. But get that guard. 20 on the bench. A, a part yeah. of that can be the arm arm length. For yeah. Sure, but, um, got some Charles Cross RAS comps. Interesting. With Oh, wow. No, yeah, because it's. Wow, six four and three quarters for Cross three oh seven. Six four and an eight three oh six for McClendon yeah. both did twenty on the bench. Interesting. 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 Put that put that in the back of your mind, folks, there. Um but yeah, I think when it comes to the tackles, I think there are there are some clear tiers, and then I think it gets crowded uh once you get to the back half of the top ten. Some definitely pick your flavor stuff as well. Like I think Mason pointed out with Bach, like if you know you're you know you're gonna run a lot and and you feel like you know the run action is gonna help you sell play action and it gives Mock a wider runway to work with. That's a player maybe you're gonna entertain a tackle. If you feel like ah oh, we're we're just dropping back, do a lot of stuff like. Maybe maybe McClendon or Galvin is a player that you would like to have. Uh, on your team going to be a little bit of contrasting styles we like some developmental guys mason if you got to leave the draft with one guy early one guy a little bit later who would you like to leave the draft with uh probably skaronsky as like you know your you know pinpoint piece you know what you're getting out of them i mean depending on what position you want to play him at then take a shot on like a jalen duncan just see if you can coach him up a little bit because everything else is there. You've got the athleticism through the roof. Uh, footwork's already there. I mean, you can kind of go like, if you want to take like a broader Jones instead, you could do like a Steen maybe later on, in my opinion. Maybe I think that might work, but just really depends on what you want out of your guys and like the scheme you want to run. Yeah, I should have made that a caveat at the beginning. I should have picked a team because, yeah. yeah, that's it's very hard to be like, ah, yes, if I'm just any team, what am I doing? Uh, if you're the Bears at nine, who are you picking? Uh, probably Skaronsky okay. for me. I would probably say Skaronsky or Paris Johnson. I know they had a bunch of dudes at the Ohio State Pro Day, so I think they might be getting a look at him. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like Skaronsky feels like the pick right now for them. But I'm not yeah. Skaronsky, sorry. Johnson. Yeah. Johnson feels like the pick for them. Sorry, I don't know why. Mm. Skaronsky would definitely be safe. Uh, if you are the Packers at 15. Give me what, what did you think? If, okay. he, if Roderick Jones is there, like I'm all for it. Like I've said, like my top three right now are Nolan, Nolan Smith, JSN, and Roderick Jones. So it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, I, I like it. I think, yeah, if he's available, that's something the Packers can definitely do because it you can almost basically redshirt him. Yeah, at least at this point, 
with what yeah. they have in the room. We don't know if somebody's going to throw that second round tender money at at Nyman yeah. or if Bakhtiari's moving. I this trade holdup is annoying. Yeah, I would just like to know who's going to be on the team. What picks? Uh, we have. <laughs> yeah, what picks we have, and you know what positions I need to look at for the draft. It makes it this hang up is. Can you imagine if it's the two twos and then somebody does put the tender on? Gosh. You get oh, four. Man. Take the tackle. Four twos. Take the tackle at 15. Even if it's Darnell Wright, I'll I'll live with it. Uh, four twos. You just um, maneuver the board like it's nothing. Yeah. Do you think if you were looking later, you think Jalen Duncan's the guy day two the Packers would probably look at? I Yeah. Yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. I think that's. I think they will like him quite a bit. Uh, is he? Does he have the arm length? I assume he does. He's got. I think he is. I'm pretty sure he's like really, really big. Uh, Great athlete. That's as much as clear. Thirty-three. Yeah. Thirty-three yeah. might be pushing it a little bit, but yeah, wow. Some some interesting res comps, but like, yeah, I think Duncan be. I think Freeland. They'll they'll like. Yeah, As I was well. gonna say like Duncan or Freeland, just because one of those guys has got to be their, you know, developmental piece. We know Goody likes to harp on that offensive line and continue to build it and add pieces. This is true. They're both a little bit on the lighter side in terms of yeah. weight. I feel hmm, Duncan, oh Duncan or Freeland run game. Yeah, yeah. If they're gonna keep running. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I'd be on the lookout for those two. Um, for those listening, for sure. Uh, but yeah, Broderick, Broderick Jones and fifteen people. I would, I would at least prepare for that, that possibility because that just, yeah, that's the thing. He does have to make it to that point, and and we've kind of we have a mock coming out before you, um, after you hear this episode, it'll be on Monday where there might have been a tackle who went. The the the, the tackle order was was interesting. And yeah, there was a, like there was a fourth player in there. There was like of, four tackles that went off in like the six picks right before Green Bay. So yeah, so I expect if, that to happen because yeah, it's yeah. those teams are so tackle needy. Yeah, the tackle need is is high. Now our teams, you know, yeah, will will someone just say I don't? Ah, we don't need it, Tennessee. Well, the, the teams that we like specifically harp on are like either too early for the tackle run unless they trade down or they're like after the tackle run a little bit. Yeah. Unless they want to take a shot on like Dewan Jones. Looking but, at you, Pittsburgh. You yeah. might just you might be a little late to the party. Now it sounds like they're not gonna even they're yeah. not necessarily entertaining it. But but they did meet with the Ohio State guys. The Ohio State guys, yeah. And and Whipler. Yeah. So I Dewan Jones at thirty two for Pittsburgh could be yeah. Are there any other landing spots that you like for any of these top guys? I mean, you could really do like Dewan Jones against like Buffalo because they just need that right tackle. Maybe a Darnell right if he falls, which it doesn't seem like he's going to. Um, outside of that, not really. I feel like Bergeron, like for some reason, I think I don't know. Maybe if Tennessee takes like an edge in the first round instead, that could be something they go with, but. Outside of that, not really. Because, like, you don't know at this point. Yeah. Because it just really depends on, like, what Chicago does first off. And then the next tackle on the team is really, like, Philadelphia. But they, you know, they could go anywhere because they have the right to. 
Uh, Tennessee could go so many different ways. But, yeah, it's it's a good tackle class, and I'm excited to see, like, what the order is and, like, which teams actually take them. Yeah. The the Darnell Wright landing spot might be yeah. my the most interesting one for me. I think when you look at, like, Jones and Johnson, it's like, oh, there's stuff to work with. You know, we got to coach them up a little bit. You know, there's going to be some developmental stuff there. Wright's just ready-made pass protector. Will Kansas City or Buffalo move up? Yeah. For me. Or if Kansas City's like, ah, best player available, which totally understand, you know, rights off the board and stuff. Boy, a Connor Galvin landing spot in Kansas City <laughs> sounds pretty good uh, as we move to the mid-rounds. I think that is like a really nice fit there and makes a ton of sense. Uh, are the Chargers going to get McClendon with great value on day three? You know, like they did with Jamari Sawyer. Is that yeah. the way it's going to go? Let's just pencil that in. Uh, even though they, they don't really need much out there other yeah. than maybe some depth, which again, perfect. That would be yeah. nice for them. Protect your guy. Uh, if that's not clear. Bergeron could probably be anywhere. Yeah. Anyway. Where's Bergeron going? I don't I don't care, actually. I don't yeah. think I care. I think we're gonna love it either way, probably. I think so. I think I think when we do our grades, we're gonna be like, ah, Bergeron went here, love that. For whoever it is, it's, yeah, it doesn't matter. So yeah, there's some thoughts on the tackle glass. If there are any names that we didn't cover and you want us to, maybe we'll highlight a few in our in a day three sleeper show or something uh before the draft. So yeah, let us know. Uh, you can find me at Jake Enneville Draft on Twitter. Mason, where can they find you? They can find me at Thompson22Mason. So, yeah, either that on Twitter or, you know, send Ryan something in the Patreon uh, as well. If you want thoughts there, like you have options to ask questions to find us uh, to get some uh, thoughts on tackles later. So we would we will definitely, I think, do a day three sleepers type of show if it's you know if there's enough players we think we didn't cover so hope you guys enjoyed this we'll get out of here enjoy your friday uh and get stoked for mock draft monday because it's gonna be good yeah